0: Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is set for one episode. Your host from Columbus, Ohio, is Michael Kirk. Welcome to the Outlaw Mudcast. Hello and welcome to the Outlaw Mudcast, your digital audio dirt sheet for all things Super Show. First story I'll talk about this week is going to be the 2021 Create a Competitor Competition. Last week, I reported on the end of the first match in round two of the competition, Johnny Korea versus the Master Strategist. Based on my observations, Johnny Korea looked like he would win that match. There has been an official announcement made on the last episode of Talk of the Universe. Johnny Korea won the match. So he is moving on to round three. Now, they have announced, and I'm going to reiterate this, from my past reporting, there will be six winners that will move on. But there are going to be two non-winners that also move on to round three. So it's still possible that Master Strategist will move on to round three. We will have to wait and see. The participants for match number two and round two have been announced. It's going to be Lauren Santiago versus Moonstar. These are both winners of their round one matches squaring off in the second match of round 2. As of right now, I have not seen any promos from either of them. This is the second match where at this point there have not been any promos that I have seen from the competitors. I'm hoping this is not a trend in round 2 that we just don't see a lot of promos from the competitors from the participants I'm hoping we see some promos over the next few days, and then that picks up going forward. But as of right now, there are not a lot of promos being cut in round two, and that is not boding well for future rounds. I'm hoping that trend reverses and we start seeing promos, because look, this is a long contest, a long contest. People are going to forget about it if it's just out of sight. So I feel like people need to be on top of their promo game doing something. Doing something to keep people aware of the contest. Because to me, the only reason for the contest to be this long is for promos. And if the participants don't want to cut promos and don't want to do promos, Maybe this thing should be cut a lot. That's just my opinion. That's where we are. Match two, round two, kicks off Wednesday night toward the end of Talk of the Universe, 10 p.m. If it follows the structure of the last one, and it should, 48 hours, Wednesday night to Friday night. You can make posts on Facebook, on Instagram, and on Twitter for the person you want to see move on to round three. The details are in the post on Facebook when it goes up on Wednesday. Origins Game Fair. I have a developing story about the vaccination policy at Origins Game Fair. I only have one source on this. So, this is not official. I'm letting you know that. That I only have one source on this. It's a developing story. I want to get this out there because time is ticking down. Publicly, they have maintained on their website, you must be fully vaccinated as they define it. Two shots of the Moderna or Pfizer, one shot of the Johnson & Johnson. The deadline for that has passed. You had to have your shot no later than May 24th. It's May 29th as I record this. That has passed. I have learned that Origins is granting exemptions to the vaccine policy. Religious and possibly medical exemptions for the policy. From what I've learned, you have to make a request. They put you on a list. You must present a medically administered COVID test showing that you are negative for COVID 19 taken within 72 hours of the convention. When you go to the convention, you sign in like you would normally. You then go to a special booth, present your test. They give you a special wristband. That is what I have seen so far from my source. Again, one source only. So take this all with a grain of salt. But that's what I have learned about Origins Game Affairs vaccine policy. I wanted to report that here. That's all the news I have on Origins. There have been no updates to any of the title matches that I've learned or any events they might be running, the schedule I reported last week, the events that are currently on the Origins Game Fair website, as well as the afternoon tournament Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. That's all the information I have. Nothing new about Origins Game Fair. Championship matches from this week. Only one championship match from this week. Wednesday night, the LFF Tornado Tag Team Championship was on the line. The challenger, Ryan Pierce, playing as Polka Dot Tea Party. The champion, Chad Gropak, playing as Gold Standard, the new version of the Gold Standard. In a match that goes all the way to crowd meter 5, the winner, new champion, Ryan Pierce. Congratulations to Mr. Pierce for taking Polka Dot Tea Party to the top and becoming the new LFF Tornado Tag Team Champion. That was the only championship match that I'm aware of from this week. Normally, Sunday night fights might have one. There is no Sunday night fights this week. However, developing story, there are plans for a match card on Monday. That's May 30th as I record this. One match that I've heard about is a defense of the LFF Trios Championship. Per the report that I have, The corrugated cardboard villain, the champion with the first triumvirate, is putting the belt on the line against Rowdy Ron, who will be using Think Tank in his challenge for the championship. I've also heard there may be one or two other matches on the match card for the 30th. I have no other details besides that. The trio's match may be on the line Monday. And then there may be one or two other championships or just featured matches on the line Monday as well. I can't give you that. I don't expect news on that to come out until Monday. But look for a Monday match card this Memorial Day weekend. Speaking of Memorial Day weekend, SRG Universe is currently running a sale on their website From now until, I believe, the end of Monday, there is a discount code. Let me give you that discount code. The code is Memorial Day 2022. No spaces, no capital letters. It'll give you 15% off when you enter this code at checkout. It does not include, based on the post on Supershowthegame.com, it does not include... Created content. It says CAC, create a competitor. I would not be shocked if that extends to create a card as well. So, outside of created content, everything on the website, 15% off with Memorial Day 2022. I don't know if that includes things that are already discounted, like dojo discounts. You're welcome to try it and see if you can get an additional 15% on top of the already marked down price. And then before I get into the tournaments from this past week, and I'm going to give you what I have about the tournament from a week ago, Friday, the 20th as well. I did not have that last week. I have a little more about it this week. I'll give you that. I want to talk about the whole tunneled and targeted thing that was talked about on Talk of the Universe last week, last Wednesday, that we also talked about on a special episode of the Outlaw Mudcast. I hope you guys had a chance to listen to the episode. I like doing those panel episodes. It is long, and there were some technical difficulties with it. It's a little bit pushing the limits of my uh, desktop computer. I apologize for that, but I tried to give it to you as best I can. Ant West, who does a Recap the Universe article every week, talked a lot about the new tunneling, versus targeting thing i encourage you guys to read that it's posted on his patreon page you don't have to be a patron to read it it's up there i want to talk about it because i think he makes some good points there are things i want to agree with so let me talk first about the whole multiplayer rules there are a few different formats in this game that are multiplayer the most common is tag team that is where A two-player team takes on another two-player team. That's the most common form of multiplayer. There are also triple threat matches, now called triad matches. There are fatal four-way matches. Those are probably the three most common multiplayer match formats. There are other multiplayer match formats. There is some draft formats. There's the birdcage. There's Claim the Throne is designed to be a multiplayer format. There's Grand Battle, which I've only seen played a few times, but I really like that format. I wish it was played more often. But the most common multiplayer is Tag. So I will probably, as I'm talking about this, use Tag more often than not in my examples because it's the most common format. Now, there were three terms they used on Talk of the Universe. Tunneled, targeted, and then global. We did not use global during the panel show with Steve and Bob Dunn, Colin Simon, Google Docs, Dan, and myself. We did not use global. I actually do not like global. I would have it be tunneled, targeted, or neither or non-applicable. Here's the reason why. Global to me implies an effect that covers everyone. Well, let's take a look at a common competitor many people are familiar with. The Rising Sun. The Rising Sun's gimmick is when you roll technique, draw one card. That gimmick only affects the person playing the Rising Sun. It doesn't affect anyone else. So calling that a global gimmick, a global effect, to me makes that confusing. So I would not use global. It came up because Jean Constance has an effect that does actually cover the match as a whole. So it might be considered a global gimmick. But I don't like that because I think that's confusing. I would say targeted, tunneled, or neither, perhaps non applicable. When it comes to tunneled, for the most part, tunneled is just playing things as they've always been played. Tunneled is basically something like, when you hit a strike, draw one card. Involves you playing a card and your gimmick triggering off playing a card. That's what tunneling is. The big change, the big important thing, is targeting. Targeting is the new rule. And let me talk a little bit about the history of the game in multiplayer. And why targeted exists. So... And I'll go back, and I'm going to use some examples from Grand Gathering, which I want to say was 2019, because we were still under the original multiplayer rules in Grand Gathering. So Grand Gathering Tag Team Tournament. One of the most popular competitors you saw played in the Tag Team Tournament was King Greatness. King Greatness's gimmick is when you and your opponent roll the same skill for your turn roll add one card from your discard pile to your hand under the original rules back in 2019 let's say the king greatness player in a tag team match rolls power and opponent a rolls power and opponent b rolls power under the original rules king greatness got To pick up two cards, his gimmick triggered twice, and that was the Norman multiplayer. If I had somebody like Numero Uno, Numero Uno's gimmick is when your opponent rolls 10, your turn roll is plus 2. When your opponent rolls 10 for the turn roll, your turn roll is plus 2. So, same format if Numero Uno is in a tag team match. Opponent A rolls 10. Opponent B rolls 10. Numero Uno gets plus 4 to his turn rate. That was the original way gimmicks worked. And then people looked at it and said, this makes certain players too good in multiplayer formats. And so the decision was made we're going to make it so gimmicks only trigger once per turn roll. So King Greatness couldn't pick up multiple cards if both opponents rolled the same skill as he in a tag match. Numero Uno couldn't get multiple plus twos to his turn roll if multiple players rolled ten. So then under the next set of rules, you could basically pick your target. So. We use King Greatness. Continue to use him as an example. If on turn roll one, King Greatness rolls power. Opponent A rolls power. King Greatness can pick up a card from his discard pile. If on turn roll two, King Greatness rolls power. Opponent B rolls power. King Greatness can pick up a card from his discard pile. You could always essentially choose the target. Choose the opponent that allowed your gimmick to trigger. A lot of people are familiar with X-Royce. X-Royce's gimmick is that when the turn rolls are made, if the difference between the X-Royce player's turn roll and the opponent's turn roll is three or greater, and that is X-Royce has to have the lower turn roll, it has to be lower by three or more, X-Royce's gimmick fires. He gets to look at the top three cards of his deck, add one to his hand, bury one, and put one in the discard pile. The X-Royce player, in a multiplayer format, and we'll continue to use Tag as an example, could check opponent A's turn roll, and if it would satisfy the conditions of his gimmick, his gimmick would go off. If it didn't, he could go over to player B and look at player B's turn roll, and if that satisfies it, he could have his gimmick fire. So you could always look at the player at any point in time that was most advantageous to you to let your gimmick fire. Snake pit. For those of you who aren't familiar with Snake pit, Snake pit's gimmick is when Snake pit has less cards in his hand than his opponent, he has plus 1 to 3 different skills. I'm not going to look up what those skills are, but he has plus 1 to 3 different skills. So Continuing to use the tag team as an example, if throughout the majority of the match, Snake Pit has less cards in his hand than player A, than opponent A, his skills are bumped up. Now, if at some point, player A, opponent A, no longer has the card advantage over the Snake Pit player, the Snake Pit player can then immediately look at player B, and if player B does have more cards, Stank Pit's gimmick is right back on. And so that was the concern. The concern under this history of the rules is players could basically immediately always look at whoever had the hand condition that basically satisfied their gimmick going off. And that that made those players too strong. That's where the whole targeting rule comes in. What the whole purpose of the targeting rule is, is to basically try to bring the odds of a player's gimmick in line with the odds of it going off in a singles match. That's the goal. And so that's why they're trying to say you should only be checking against one player at a time. Because that's how it would be in a singles match. In a singles match, I have one opponent, a player has one opponent. And their gimmick only fires when, essentially, that one opponent meets certain conditions, does certain things. Certain things happen during the turn roll. That's the purpose of the targeting rule, is to try to bring that in. Now, in Ant West's article, he talked about simplicity of the game. I agree with him on the simplicity. And actually, I don't really have a problem in general With certain players being good, certain competitors being good in multiplayer formats. Especially because multiplayer doesn't happen, isn't played as often as single player. There's way more single player play in this game than multiplayer. So, if a character like, and I like to use this as an example a lot, Johnny Eldorado. Johnny Eldorado's gimmick is when his turn roll is at least five less than his opponent's turn roll, he can bump. Johnny Eldorado doesn't get a lot of play in singles from what I've seen, but if there's a match with bump outs, a bump out is when two players during the turn roll roll the same turn roll value, their turn roll drops to zero. Johnny Eldorado would be really good in that format because if his turn roll drops to zero when he bumps out, whoever ultimately wins that turn roll, because of Johnny Eldorado's gimmick, if he could target that player, he would bump with that player, and then it'd be he and that player rolling off. He might still ultimately lose, but at least he gets to draw a card for the bump. I don't have a problem with Johnny Eldorado being in multiplayer formats like that, but there's a concern he's too good in that format So that's why this targeting rule needs to happen. That's the purpose behind the targeting rule. And so what I would say is this, and this to me is the ultimate guide that I think players should use. When you're in a match, a multiplayer match, and you're trying to decide how a gimmick should function, the targeting and the tunneling rules are there, and they're going to be there for official SRG convention play but for just your local events, for events you're running, the idea is to try to basically make it so the gimmick odds in multiplayer are as close to the gimmick odds in single player as possible. That singles matches and multiplayer matches, the odds of the gimmick stay the same. That's the purpose of the targeting rule, to try to rein in characters that otherwise would have gimmicks fire a lot more. That's the goal of the targeting rule, and I would encourage anybody when trying to work out how something should be ruled in multiplayer, that's the number one guide. That's the guide the game is encouraging people to use. Make a ruling to make a gimmick function in a multiplayer match as close to how it functions in a singles match as possible. That's just my thoughts on it. I encourage everyone to read. Aunt West's article because it is a good article. It does make you think. And I agree with a lot of his points about the simplicity of the game. I think that the beauty of this game is there's one purple sheet of rules and then you just go by what the cards say. And I think that is what's best for this game to basically have the cards be written correctly and the card text plus that basic rule sheet is what guides play. Now let's talk about the tournaments from this past week. I'll start with last Friday. Last Friday, there was a Tornado Tag Team Tournament hosted by the Cheetah. There were eight players, two pods of four, top two from each pod advanced. The semifinalists in the tournament end up being the Cheetah himself playing as Two Cats, Two Purius, and Aaron64 playing as Zengard. The finalists were Paul Trejo playing as Cage in Daverna and Jeremy Steigerwald playing as the Duo Decimal System. The winner, Jeremy Steigerwald as the Duo Decimal System. Congratulations to him for winning with this relatively new Tornado Tag Team competitor set. That was last Friday. Monday night, we have another edition of Monday Night Boss Fights. There were 24 players signed up for this event although it looks like a couple may have dropped they were put into four groups of six players each player played the other five in their group top two from each group advanced the only thing i see about stipulations is that the semifinal round in the top eight was a new york rules match the top four in this event end up being in fourth place playing as Amazing Red, Jeremy Steigerwald. In third place, playing as the big shot, Chris Pate. The finalists were Press 1P, playing as Dastardly Dick Thunderlips, versus Robert The Brain Dunn, playing as The Brain, the winner. Press 1P John Pulverino as Dastardly Dick Thunderloops. Congratulations to him for winning the Monday Night Boss Fights. Thursday night, we have Chibi's Thursday Night Fights. There were 23 players in this tournament. Three groups of six, one group of five. Top two from each group advanced into the top cut. In the quarterfinal round, all the matches were played with a special guest referee, Ariel Lipstick. So, each player got to add a gimmick. When they rolled power for their turn roll, they drew a card and their opponent buried a card. In the semifinal round, all the matches were played using Sage the Wiccan Witch as a special guest referee. I do not know if that was original. Sage or the Ikuzo version of Sage. The finals match, as well as the third place match, also had a special guest referee, all special guest referees this week in the top cut. The SRG BOWS. The SRG boss is the special guest referee. I'm assuming that's version two of the SRG boss. The original version requires you to have multiple entrance cards. That doesn't make sense for this format. So if you rolled Submission or Strike for your turn roll, your next turn roll was plus one. That's the SRG Bosses version two gimmick. Top four. In fourth place, we had Brian Lee playing as the Witch Hunter General. In third place, Alec Ventresca as Rob Van Dam. The finalists were Mark Perry playing as Alien Invader and The Grump. Danny Thunder playing as SRG Boss. I don't know if this is the original boss or the new boss. I suspect it's the original. I don't know why you would give double Grump's gimmick to the Grump. But the winner here, the Grump Danny Thunder. Congratulations to the Grump for winning another Thursday night event. Friday night. Friday night, the Cheetah... Hosts another event. I only have partial information about this event, but let me give you what I have first This was played using a new stipulation the undisputed rules stipulation The way that works is this if one players opponent wins three turn rolls in a row The player wins the next turn roll automatically so your opponent cannot win four turns in a row against you, once they win that third turn roll in a row, you automatically win the next turn. Now, bumps don't break that up. So if the opponent wins two turn rolls, so they win two turns, then they bump, then they win another turn roll, you still win the turn after that automatically. Bumps don't break that up. There were ten players in this event, two groups of five. Top two from each group advanced. The semi-finalists in this event, tying for third, Chibi and a new player, Jason. I don't have any information besides that. The finalists were Chris Pate and Chuganomics, with Chris Pate winning the event. Congratulations to him. That's what I have about. The Cheetahs Friday event from May 27th. I don't know what the format was outside of the undisputed rules. I don't know if it was singles, tag, tornado tag, I mean to say, trios. I'm assuming it's singles based on the information I have. That's all I know. I don't know what anybody played, but I know that Chris Pate won the event. Congratulations to him joining Press 1P and the Grump as winners of this week's tournaments. As far as events coming up, currently on supershowthegame.com, there's nothing listed. But, like I've said multiple times before, Dojo Tuesday night, look for an event on Monday, look for an event on Thursday. They should pop up on supershowthegame.com. And remember, Memorial Day 2022, when you check out from now, I believe, until the 30th. off your order on supershowthegame.com when you do that. I'm continuing to look for followers on Twitter, at Outlaw Mudcast on Twitter. And that's it. That's going to do it for this week's episode of the Outlaw Mudcast. I'd like to thank all of you for listening, and a good day.